closing. It's a business, and it's probably one of the longer hour jobs that you can have with the least (laughs) ROI that you can have. And 90% of your income is dependent upon other people and the success of what you do independently. And so I tell tell people all the time, when you hire an editor, you're not hiring a skill because you can learn the skill yourself. Anybody can. You're hiring your time back. Welcome to Tardux, a podcast about content creators to share their experiences and life stories. Today, I have a special guest, uh, Nikki Brave Edits. <laughs> I love it. Burns. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Welcome to Tardux, man. I'm so happy you, uh, you're, you're able to join me. Yeah, man. I'm excited. I've been checking out all the recent episodes and everything, and uh, I love what you got going on, man. I can oh. tell you uh, your heart's in it, so it's I, really cool. I do love, I love these engagements, meeting the people in, you know, in this community and hearing their stories and being able to share them, you know, share them and let people see who they are away from, you know, their normal day-to-day gaming environment and whatnot. So, um, so what I normally do, I started off with a, a few rapid questions to get the, the juices it. flowing. All right. I was told uh, I didn't go through the burner here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Favorite vacation spot. Oh, man, I'm 100% a mountains guy. Give me a cabin in a secluded area. I'm chilling. Oh, nice. All right. Favorite song to play on a guitar? Oh, man. So I used to be a metal guitarist, actually, so it's funny. So I love playing some old metal. But uh, in college, I kind of switched to, like, the folk vibe. So uh, that's, that's tough. That's a tough one. I got an answer. I got an answer. There's a band called August Burns Red that's a metal band. Yeah. And their lead singer turned into an acoustic folk artist. And his name is Dallas Green. So his folk group is called City and Color. And so I enjoy playing a lot of City and Color. There you go. Oh, right. <laughs> now, would you define that as Americana type music or folk? Uh, probably a blend of the two. Because um, with this new modern push for folk bluegrass meeting uh, rock and sometimes even hip hop, yeah. there's, uh, there's a blend of the two. But uh like I said, I, I just like picking strings. So. Nice. <laughs> All right, final question. Going out uh, to your favorite place to eat, what are you eating? Oh, Italian. All yeah. the way. I love Italian. If somebody asked me, what would you eat for the rest of your life? If you could pick one food, I always say pasta because that kind of eliminates having to choose one food. I could have yeah. shrimp, fettuccine one day. could have just basic spaghetti one day. So Italian restaurant, I'm good to go. Awesome. All right, well, let's jump into it. So who is Nikki Brave Edits? Nikki Brave Edits. Uh, it's funny, a man of many names. I spent four years growing the personal brand of Brave Edits um, uh, and recently did a, um, a rebrand of that, and I'll get into that. But I, uh, I was a high school teacher. I was a high school teacher no and, and a wrestling coach. I was pretty, pretty deep into the wrestling coaching. I uh, coached the national wrestling team um, for the state of North Carolina for many years. I was a high school coach had uh, many championships and champions and I thought that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And, um, when my 
first child was born, we decided that my wife would stay home. And obviously you can't live off of a teacher paycheck. We know how teachers are treated in the country. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I had, I had to pick something up. And in college, I edited videos for fun. So I started doing that as a little makeup for my wife's salary and uh, met Monster D-Face, <laughs> who, who brought me to the show. And uh, things really blew up from there. But uh, a lot of people wonder where Brave Edits came from. My old call sign or my old... Um, Gamer tag was Brave 149 because my college mascot was the Braves. Okay. And I was a 149 weight class. And I was like, well, it's kind of like a dork thing to have numbers in your name yeah. on Twitch. And so I was like, well, what do I do? I edit. So Brave is a guy that edits. I became Brave Edits. But uh, then the, the company movement, yeah, movement, movement Digital was developed. And uh, I started having these large corporate meetings with people not in gaming. And it got really annoying explaining to non-gamers what it means to have an online presence with a name that's not your name like i tried to look you up on twitter i didn't find anything and i was like oh because on twitter i'm brave edits well what's that well in the gaming space i had to go through the entire thing over and over again so i decided my public persona on social media needed to be more relevant to me and my business so yeah. i became nikki movement and uh the three years growing the clout or the the brand of brave edits had to be transferred over and still to this day i'll go in somebody's chat and they'll be like nikki movement who what vip or what mod do i have this nikki movement and i'm like it's brave and they're like oh <laughs> so that's my background that's where i came from man a teacher turned rogue wow so now back then what what did you start editing on did you in final cut or were you always in premiere I've always been a Premiere guy. Uh, I hopped around free softwares for a couple of years. Like, you know, there's Movavi and like the free trial for 30 days. Once that runs out, you find a new email or a new software. So yeah. I was reteaching myself different softwares. And finally, once it became apparent that it was going to be an income source, I said, okay, I'll make the investment and just get the Adobe Suite. The big boy edition. I uh, had yeah. to, had to. Definitely. So what was your first step into the creative space? What were you, what were some of the first videos you were editing, like music videos or gaming videos? Uh, so in high school, um, I was in a lot of bands, obviously with the music. Yeah. And I was always the one that took care of like designing our merch or album covers, um, doing, uh, some of the mixing of songs, but, uh, the music videos for sure. I was doing the music videos. And then, um, when it came time to uh, reach out to colleges i had to make highlight videos of sports yeah. and then when i became a coach i had to do highlight videos for my kids and send them to colleges and i was like i need to make this look better than what other coaches are sending where they just send you know the the clips put together so i added some flair to them and then uh once i um finished coaching i just didn't have a need to edit and i abandoned it for like two or three years but immediately when we needed some extra income i knew yeah. that there was there was an avenue there with a skill set that a lot of people don't have. So yeah, I jumped into video games and uh, always been a, an NFPS guy. Um, it's funny. I'm kind of known as a Fortnite guy, Yeah, but I'm not a Fortnite guy. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I play the game a lot Yeah, and I, I enjoy the game, but it's not my game. Uh, it's mainly because monster was my big break. And yeah. so him being the Fortnite guy, by association, I'm a Fortnite guy, but dude, I'm a Call of Duty guy through and through. I was Call of Duty all my life, and uh, I love Tarkov. Uh, Markstrom, he got me into Tarkov, and um, 
I love CSGO, Valorant, just any FPS is kind of my vibe. So to oh, see me shit. jump into a third-party cartoony building game <laughs> and making a career out of it, it's kind of kind of funny. Oh, that's too funny. So back to the creative piece. So you did you go through school for any of the creative stuff, or was it just all self-taught? All self-taught, 100%. Okay. I was me and my little laptop in high school, yep. and then me and my laptop at my teacher desk, YouTube and videos, how to do transitions and things, and then... Yeah. Once it became a career path, or not even a career path yet, just a side gig, people would have requests for things that I didn't know how to do, and I would have to just every single time just find a way to learn it. And I wound up taking some of like the Adobe trainings, like getting yeah. certified and things like that, which was really helpful. But um, most of the time, I mean, I, I, I don't love school. I'm not yeah. one of those ones that's like, I'm one of those teachers, I used to have a motto, I said like, uh, I came back to school to make you hate it less because I hated it so much. <laughs> yeah. And so... But I was always a student, you know, and so I really enjoyed learning new things. So if somebody reached out to me about a new game, I wouldn't just like learn how to edit those things. Yeah. I would sit and watch a thousand YouTube videos in that space and figure out what works and what doesn't and then mold my abilities to do that. So all self-taught, man. It was, it was a long journey. Wow. <laughs> so now back to the video games piece. So do you, what was your earliest video game memory? Mm. Man, I remember... Sega Genesis playing Sonic and a game called Green Dog. And it was a beach guy with a Frisbee for a weapon. <laughs> he got sucked back into the Aztec times and he was trying to find his way out. And uh, of course, Pokemon on Game Boy Color and Kirby. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, Sega Genesis was my my biggest. Um, I do remember, see, I have older siblings. So we did have, you know, your Nintendo with like Ninja Gaiden and things yeah. like that. And Ninja Turtles. Um, and like the original Mario's, but if I had to say like, what was my system coming up? Sega yeah. Genesis transition to super Nintendo transition to Nintendo 64. But I mean, I was a Sonic head, man. I was, <laughs> I was running everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so now when did you jump to PC gaming then? Or was there a transition from like PlayStation or Xbox to PC? Or are you just sort of, because you were editing PC gaming editing. was, yeah. Yeah. I was a, I had, and I, I never had a loyalty, like, you know, the whole Xbox versus PlayStation. Right. Yeah. I just had whatever console was on sale on black Friday. And so at the time when I started editing and stuff, I was just an Xbox gamer with a laptop that edited it on my laptop. Yeah. And then when the production value for what was expected of me increased and I realized like I got to go into, into the games and record things. And I got, I was like, I'm at to get a computer. And then I was still for like four months just editing on my computer. Cause I got a yeah. really nice computer editing on the computer. And when I was done editing, ah, headset off, go get my Xbox, you know? <laughs> but then I was like, man, I, 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 I'm not relevant because I'm not a like online gamer like yeah. that. And so I made the switch. I remember making the switch and it was miserable for three, three months. Keyboard learning mouse control. Yeah, yeah, man. And uh, it was worth it though. Cause now yeah. I'm cracked, man. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm awful. Um, <laughs> I'm a boomer, dude. <laughs> I'm more of a boomer. I'm going to be 50 soon. So yeah. So hang on. Well, you hey, you're, you're handsome. So oh. we, I, I hope to be there. <laughs> <laughs> so now how'd you end up meeting monster? Uh, that's one of my funniest stories ever. So I've always been a fan of him. I listened to his podcast and things like that. I knew he had like a business mindset. And so I appreciated him more than other people in the space, not talking down on them, but just his further vision. And I, yeah. so I always followed his podcast and stuff, never knew he streamed and wound up finding his stream and became active in his stream. Um, and at the time I was editing for like three small creators 
And I didn't know, I still was like early, early, didn't know anything about YouTube and thumbnails and things like that. Yeah. And uh, he was going through and just like showing some of his thumbnails and stuff like that. And he saw my name was Brave Edits. He's like, you're an editor too. You make thumbnails? I was like, yeah, of course I make thumbnails. He's like, oh, you should send me one. I sent him a thumbnail and the you'd think he would like just instantly toss me out. Yeah. So what I used to do for thumbnails was I would Google what the image of what I was looking for. So like it was uh, some kind of Fortnite video about a certain type of loot in a treasure chest. Yeah. And so I Googled Fortnite opening chest image and I found a really cool zoomed up image of a guy running to a chest and the chest yeah. was open. And, and so obviously that was my favorite thumbnail because all the rest of them were just like slapped PNGs, but I found that sick shot and I was like, dude, no way. And I made a thumbnail of it. So that's the one I sent him. Yeah. Turns out that was his image. Oh shit. And he was like, wait, uh, yo. And he went like, just to make sure I knew it was his image. He went into his files on his computer oh my God. and found the unedited version of that particular screenshot and yeah. pulled it up and just roasted me for the rest oh. of the stream in a friendly way. Cause <laughs> yeah. like I've been in his community, but he was just like, let me have it. Wow. That's crazy. But then like two weeks later, he started talking about how he, you know, he did everything himself. Mm-hmm. He got from where he was to where he is, like solo. Yeah. He's like, but I'm looking to lighten the workload. And he wasn't telling his chat to find somebody in chat. He was just saying, like, uh, I'm probably going to invest in, like, maybe finding an editor or something, blah, blah, blah. And I was there and I just shot him a DM and I was like, hey, man, if you want to lighten the workload, uh, I'm down to, to help out. You know, I'm not like amazing or anything, but I'm totally down. Didn't expect to hear back in the DMs because at that time yeah. he was still monster face and yeah. I was just a little brave at it. Man shot me back an instant and we got in a call that night. Hired me. Wow. And I was like, yikes. And what's funny is if you were to see the video I did the week before to my first video. Yeah. Miles of production value increase, not because he asked for it. Yeah. But because I studied his videos and was pulling all nighters to make sure that I did what he needed to do and yep. it's funny i look back now and the the videos that i edited for him i laugh at yeah. <laughs> you know because like man those are so bad and i can't believe it took me an entire night to do that i can make that video in 30 minutes now but i remember uh in your podcast actually he was like yeah and i hired nikki and he kind of like got quiet i was like <laughs> I, I threw him to the wolves and it was it was rough that's because <laughs> the week after he hired me he got booked to go to egypt for 10 days yeah. and he was like I'm not going to be able to stream. So I want to pump out like a video a day. So I had a week to make 10 videos. And at that time I was pulling all nighters while full-time teaching. Oh shoot. Making the, so it was like a week where I literally slept like an hour a day, but I got him all of his video. Cause they had, yeah. they had to be done before he left. Cause at that time he just met me. Didn't want to trust me with uploading right. perms. I had to send them to him before he left. And, uh, after I did that, I guess I kind of proved myself. And he was like, yo, Nikki's built a little different. Oh, and we, we've been ride or dies ever since. Oh, that's fantastic. Holy So, cow. yeah, I stole yeah. from him. Yeah. Yeah. He hired me. Oh, <laughs> oh man. So, that, so, a lot, so have you found a lot has changed since you first started editing to today, like techniques or just the software has improved so much? Uh, I will never give credit to the software. <laughs> the software <laughs> crashes and burns on a daily basis. But uh, I, I have developed a reputation of speed 
Um, there'll be times I'm watching one of my clients' streams. They'll do something, and 10 minutes later, I send them a full edited version of that clip to release on socials like almost instantly because uh, like when people ask me what they should learn with editing, my first yeah. thing is always hotkeys, like yeah. learn hotkeys because instead of having to click on the file, right-click it, go over, click your chop tool, select on the time of where you want to chop and do that, you could just hold these four keys and click once and boom, it does it. I've learned and memorized a thousand of them. So now if you were, I used to do editing streams. If you watched me, I was just like a maniac and I'm just like talking to chat, chilling. But if you look at my screen, it's like, so I think speed would be the biggest thing. Obviously the production value has gone up, but I, uh, I value myself on speed and I didn't have a choice. Monster forced my hand. (laughs) I had to be fast. Oh man, that's crazy. So now you, you know, you play some Fortnite. Do you, would you say you play a lot of Fortnite? Or have you put a lot of time over the years into Fortnite? Uh, absolutely. Uh, if you yeah. were looking at, if you look in the last four years, that's the game that's gotten the most of my time. Yeah. Um, but nowadays it's more like I play it to help clientele or friend creators do what they're trying to do for a video or things like that. Yeah. So I'll be in like uh squatting dogs chat and he's trying to do something and I'll hop in and like be his partner in doing that or, bonsai bros i'll hop in and do something with them or you saw you saw a nerd out um not name dropping but just i'll be in my friends chats yeah and they're like struggling to get something done content wise and i'm good enough at the game where i can hop in and help um but if i have a choice uh, like in my free time if there even is such a thing yeah i usually don't select to play fortnite (laughs) yeah you know what i mean now, do you so, think them pulling out the building aspect of it and having just sort of like a, you know, normal FPS style of of an option that helped them do that? I do. I do. A lot of people expected it to like create a divide. Yeah. And I think before you had competitive and public and public yeah. is where you went for fun and competitive is where you went for serious like skill improvement. Yeah. And at the pro level. They just look at it as building is where you go for mechanic improvement and no build is where you go for fun. And you see a lot of the big creators came back because when they left Fortnite, they went to games like Apex where it was movement based, rotational based. And for gamers like me and you, uh, especially like with Tarkov, we're more about map presence, rotations, um, tactical adjustments, things like that. Uh, That's something that Fortnite never had to have. Um, And I think it's something that you can't have a shooter game and not have name another shooter game. That's not, uh, that, that that is as forgiving as Fortnite where it's like, I could just run out in the open. Oh no, somebody shot at me. I'm good to go. Whereas now you got to think more tactfully. And I think, um, it allowed a space for a new type of content. So Mm -hmm. marketing wise, there's a whole new type of content. It allowed for people that maybe did not get into Fortnite originally to give it a shot it's like a brand new game okay i'll give it a shot this time around and then uh, uh, the last thing i'd say about it would be it it created a space where pros don't feel like they have to take themselves so seriously and okay and and content creators feel like they're on the same level as the pros because there's a clear separation between like i i, I made the comment before i can't competitive because i can't put the time into the game that these other people have yeah i cannot get my skills to that point and with building it's like an endless ceiling so oh taking that out i can aim with the best of them yeah and i can outsmart you because that's what i've done my entire life that can right. transfer over 
but this building was new. So it, it kind of leveled the playing field a little bit. You see that in recent tournaments where people you haven't really heard of doing so well are now in the mix, kind of yeah. shuffled the cards a little bit. So I don't think it was a, a mistake. I think it was a good shakeup, like almost releasing a new game without getting rid of what previously was working. Yeah, like even on the the streamers that I watch, you know, in the Tarkov and hardcore first person shooter genre, you see, I've seen them, you know, they're firing up Fortnite and they're playing it and they're, you know, for fun and without, you know, like that whole building element of it. And so it's, it's, I think I'm, I'm you know, I agree with you that it's done good for Fortnite and Epic because it's bringing more people over. Right. And that's the thing is you're not just seeing the Fortnite community accept it. You're yeah. seeing new people come in. Like the biggest example that keeps popping out to me is 100 Thieves Hiko. He's a Valorant pro, not even Battle Royale, Valorant, this little arena shooter game, yeah. not little as the game, but like little map shooter game. Yeah. Literally just competed and did top five in a no builds tournament because he's a gamer and those yeah. skills transfer over. So now it's like you get all the fun of PUBG mm-hmm. and H1Z1 but with your favorite Fortnite skins, items, loadouts, and maps. So yeah. they, they kind of allowed you to have what you enjoy in their game. And this goes to another question. Why has Fortnite managed to sort of stay at that top level? You know, what has Epic done right to keep, keep it so, you know, attractive for people to come and play it? Uh, I think it's just that they changed the game. Uh, yeah. Before them, it was pretty unheard of to have a free-to-play game that was updated and managed regularly. Um, and they're also one of the first games, because uh, I think me being a Call of Duty guy, couldn't wait till December. Why? Yeah. The new Call of Duty, right? Yeah. There's not a new Fortnite. You right. look forward to updates. And so it's like every three like weeks, something is changing in the game. Now, there is the, the checks and balances of, that means you're going to have fluctuation, yeah. but your game's always going to be fresh. Like... They just added a new shotgun to the game yesterday. So now everybody wants to hop in and see what this gun's about. Yeah. Uh, it's like Call of Duty tried to do similar things. Halfway through the year, they released like a, a, a pack with a couple new maps yeah. where they changed the gun metas and things like that. But it's just unheard of to see a game so well maintained. Not only that, but it's kind of an unfair advantage. It became so popular in today's day and age, especially during pandemic when social media is so big. Yeah. And Fortnite's one of the few games where their online social presence was so tight-knit with the community. Yeah. So like, it felt like the first time that you were actually communicating with the people that made the game. And it almost felt like you had a say in the game. Whereas Call of Duty, we look back and we're like, what's your favorite Call of Duty? This one, this one, rank them top five. Easy, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, you don't hear anybody saying rank your top five favorite Fortnite updates. Right. Nope. They just say what's your favorite weapon, and yeah. there's a, a list of forty. What's your favorite skin? There's over a thousand. Yeah. So it it kind of has the unfair advantage that it came out in a time when, uh, the the conditions of the world and where we are, technologically, um, they feel almost an obsession or a connection to the game that wasn't viable beforehand yeah. and so they got to be the first to do so right oh cool now speaking of call of duties which is your favorite call of duty oh i like one that nobody says everybody's like oh the black ops or the zombies and that dude i was a ghost guy oh. i love call of duty ghosts i love the way it felt i love yeah. the the user interface i love the weapons nothing better than 
taking a uh, like an, an M28 and making it like hit like a sniper, but shoot like a semi-auto. You know what yeah. I mean? Just pop, 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 pop. And uh, I loved it. Memorize the maps, dude. Yeah. I, I had all the spawns down. And, and it might just be because that was like the game when I was in like high school competing yeah. with friends. And that was the first time I started doing like little tournaments and stuff. Yeah. So I just have like a, a biased attachment to it because looking back, it was not the best game of yeah. them. But for me, that was my Call of Duty. So. Yes, for me it was it's Black Ops too, but mainly because of people <laughs> I played with. You know, we exactly do hijack and we would do um, gun game, but we would do the gun game that if you got stabbed, you'd go back ten spaces. Yeah, I missed and that. These gun games would last forty five minutes, an hour, and it was just like endless. And it's just but playing with your buddies. That's that's, that's right. why it was so much fun. Well, Black Ops Two definitely has the best maps in my opinion. Yeah, I I I, I think hands down you can't you can't beat. Hijack specifically is yeah. probably my favorite Call of Duty map of all time. But uh, I agree with that because I think Ghost was one of the first Call of Duties that I really like dove into playing online. Yeah. Whereas before that, it was more like the homies would come over or yeah. my dad and me or whatever. And so even though I've played better Call of Duty since then, yeah, I always attribute my love for Call of Duty to hopping online and playing Ghost. So yeah. I think that would that I agree 100%. That gives me my my bias towards it. Ah. So you just said playing games with your dad. So talk about that. So it was he's probably how old are you? Your lower 30s? 31. All right. So Sega, probably maybe some gaming with dad on Sega or. Yeah, 100%. my dad is the reason video games were around. My oh, mom, she played like Tetris and Tetris fear yeah. and uh, Dr. Mario, Mario Party. Like, yeah, you know, so my mom did play games, but uh, my dad was all about it. Me, it was me and him in, in the line getting yeah. the games. And even now, if I go home, he doesn't play online, but if yeah. I go home. We'll hop in and do Call of Duty and stuff like that. Oh, he loves the awesome. campaigns and stuff. You know, yeah. he, he was a big Medal of Honor guy. Yeah. Loved the Medal of Honor series. And uh, before that, Metal Gear Solid and Splinter yeah. Cell. And oh. before that, he he loved Sonic as well. So that's cool. Yeah. Like for my like for me, my you know, we're too old for that whole video game piece. But I did it with my kids. And I remember, you know, playing Lego Star Wars with my six year old or my five year old. And just it's you funny. Know, like, that's how I got my wife in the game. Oh, no way. <laughs> I was like, here's a game where you can't lose. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Lego Star Wars. Oh, this is how I introduced my kids to it. That's how I introduced yeah. my wife to it. Oh, shoot. <laughs> that's too funny. <laughs> that's great. I can't wait for my kids. I did it way too. I have three kids. I have a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and an eight-month-old. All right. So and literally, when my oldest turned uh, two, I got him like the little Super Nintendo plug-in thing, and yeah, didn't care at all. No. And I was like, oh man. But now he's like, I, I want to go upstairs with you, Daddy. I want to yeah. play with you. And there's even streams where you see him on my lap, and I have yeah. like a fake headset for him, and he yeah. thinks he's doing everything because he gets to hold. You know, this, yeah. and he's on my lap holding this, and I'm just over here like, you play, daddy's going to do some work, and yeah. I have a random thing on this screen, but I'm over here playing, and he's, yeah. I got him, dad, I got him, oh, you know? <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I've got three kids as well, and we went through, you know, because of me, they got into gaming, so we did, like, Minecraft when they were six. Yeah. Minecraft has been a game that has just, like, even my middle, who's my uh, my son, 18, still you know they'll still fire up minecraft and play with the with the guys and it's just such a game that has lasted for so long well it's funny is what's making these dynasty games these long games 
is the ability for creativity. Yeah. Games where you can build your own maps. Um, one of the better Tony Hawk's Pro Skaters was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Well, everybody knows yeah. that one is the OG, but two introduced building your own parks and stuff, yeah. and it blew up. Minecraft, you can do whatever the heck you want, yeah. you know? So it doesn't matter how old you are. When you're younger, you just want to build SpongeBob's pineapple. Like, right. But now that you're older, you want to get, you know, Bunk Bed Wars or whatever it's called. Like, you can play Call of Duty in Minecraft. You can right. play what you can do whatever you want. I have friends that are older than me that like they are competitive Minecraft. Like I've never played, but yeah. I don't. I'm not even like into it. But when I watch them play, I'm like, yo, this is. I want to try that. Like I'm, I'm down. You know. That's so cool. it's it's just that sense of being able to pour creativity into the game. Yeah. Fortnite, you can not even outside of just making your own map. When Fortnite first blew up, it was all about building your stupid, not very like smart base, but it looks cool on top yeah. of the highest point. You know, <laughs> so anything you can pour creativity into, it's going to succeed. Yeah, absolutely. So I was chatting with Markstrom the other day and he uh, he said that you work with the Marksman, the the Marksman group. Deadly. Yeah. The boys. What's so how did that all through monster or. Yeah, 100 okay. percent. So. My, my, I give like literally 99% of my success to monster for sure. Cause yeah. um, he brought me on and I was working for like two other clients for free, just trying to up my skills. Yeah. And one client that was giving me like a couple hundred dollars a month. And that, that to me was my side cash. Yeah. And then monster gave me like a legitimate pay and everything. And I was like, Whoa, this is a thing here. And he was like, well, what's your goal? I was like, I would love to be home with my kids and do this full time, you know? And uh, he was like, well, we just got to, you know, get you a portfolio built and this, that, and the other, get you uh, your, your name out there. And you just, you know, the whole nine. And um, he introduced me to Markstrom because um, he knew I liked similar games. Yeah. Uh, we both live in North Carolina. Yeah. Um, we look alike a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're, we're just the same vibe. And uh, also, Monster was in Team Marksman and he was right. like, hey, man, I know we've been talking about, you know, the socials. We'd like to produce more content on the socials. You got to go with my guy, Brave. He's, he's awesome. And we talked about it and Markstrom loved it. And so I ran their social media for like two years. Um, and through that, I started helping uh, Markstrom himself on his YouTube channel for a yeah. while. Helped Deadly with a couple of things. Deadly Slob with some stuff. And became good friends with all of them. Katie, Katie Rue, I helped her with her GTA stuff. Peebs, I was his editor for like six months. Like everybody on that team, oh, wow. I, I wound up working with. And uh, it really boosted my portfolio to where I would go and, and reach out to new clients. Yeah. And I had this whole crew behind me willing to vouch. Yeah. And I just show them like, here's my content. And what's cool is just by editing for that one team, mm -hmm. it looked like I've edited for so many people because... I edited for the team, but in my portfolio, I had clips from all these different people. And yeah. so I'm super thankful for the opportunity to have worked with, with Marksman because it boosted my portfolio. It taught me business sense. It forced me to study like growth on social media because I had to be tactful and when I posted, how I posted and all of that. So it was a whole new dynamic to editing because I'd never done that management side of things. Yeah. And, uh, but the combination of working with monster and then working with markstrom and the marksman developed me into the full package editor yeah. and uh 
not only that, but there's not a lot of editors that know how to do all of the softwares. Mm-hmm. And the reason I did that is because I was like, if I'm gonna make a career in this, I gotta be, I gotta know how to do it all. Because the only editors that I knew in the space were like Whips for Tim the Tapman and Gary for Nick Merckx, and they do it all. I didn't know that there were thumbnail artists. So like an editor makes a video and then finds a thumbnail. Art. Oh, I didn't wow. know you outsourced all the pieces of the pie. I thought they one person did it all. So I yeah. learned all of it. And so now, like whenever I talk to a client, they're like, okay, sick. Uh, let me check my budget because, you know, I still have to hire somebody to do the thumbnails. I was like, oh, no, that's included. And they're like, what? Like, yeah, well, I need to find somebody that's going to do my SEOs and upload it. No, no, no. Like, I'm going to do that too. They're like, well, uh, okay, you know. But it was from going through the grinder with Monster right. and with Markstrom and, and all of it's just – and the standard these guys hold their stuff their, their selves to. Yeah. Like, it's almost like I had to grow up real quick. You know what I mean? I couldn't just put out little Fortnite montages anymore. I had to, I had to put out movies, you know. Yeah. Well, because, you know, because it seems like to a lot of the people I've talked with, all these streamers, you know, that's always it's been their baby. So now they're turning their baby, their brand, their name over to you. And, yeah, you've you've got to have that same caliber that they expect, because I got to think it's so tough for these people to do that. Well, especially because 90 percent of the people I've worked with were solo people that grew themselves to that point, like Monster. He was already at over 100,000 subs when he picked me up. Never had an editor before. Yeah. He did that. Markstrom, a huge presence in, in the Tarkov space, not just for like his YouTube and his social platforms, but like his, his stream is really good. His charities he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he just already had this developed thing. And he did that. And so now them getting to a point where they understand they need some of this income to be passive. They need some of um, this production to 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 be managed out and delegated um so it's like that ripping off the band-aid of you're not just a little guy making it anymore you yes you are markstrom but really you run the markstrom business yes you are monster deface but really you are the owner of the monster deface brand and no one person can do it alone and there's only a few few people i can name that are doing it alone and doing it really well. Um, so yeah, they, they already to, to have that success and then trust somebody else with it. That's, that's really tough. And both of them did it quick. You know, he, he met me in his chat for stealing his content and (laughs) hired me. And then honestly, most of my business for the next year came from vouchers from, from monster, you know, his buddy Sancho hired me. I still work with I'm Sancho's editor and he's my longest person sancho loved the work started voucher it's a chain reaction yeah so every single stepping stone every single person but i always go back to 100 percent monster deface and then markstrom with with the team marksman yeah. for sure oh wow and and all of the streamers i've talked to the ones who are you know full-time you know top tier i asked them what's their biggest thing that they would change if they you know went back in time and they said they would have gotten an editor so much sooner and that would have helped them so much, you know, so much freed up their time to focus on their brand and whatnot. Well, but there's a lot more that goes into being a, a streamer or a content creator than people realize. You know, you think all the they get paid to play video games for, you know, four to 12 hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. But most of the time when these guys shut off the stream, now they got to go back through that stream and do all these things. They got to respond to emails for partnerships and affiliations and brand deals and 
it's a business and it's probably one of the longer hour jobs that you can have with the least (laughs) ROI that you can have. And 90% of your income is dependent upon other people and the success of what you do independently. And so I tell, I tell people all the time, when you hire an editor, you're not hiring a skill because you can learn the skill yourself. Anybody can, you're hiring your time back, you know? Yeah. And so sure. There's a certain tier of, of, being called a, a creative because you know there's creators and then creatives yeah being a creative there's a certain tier where it takes a long time to get to that point but in general for what will do the job you can do it yourself you can learn that but the amount of time think about it i'm working with markstrom he finishes a stream he knows that he had you know two scav raids that need to be turned into a video now he has to go back in and you know chop them out highlight them skim them down, get them below a certain time for so that people it has to mold it into YouTube's crazy cookie cutter and then make it interesting the best yeah. he can. Then he can do the stuff for team marksman. Then he can respond to his, his partnership emails. Then he can reach out and whatever, whatever. Then he can study what he wants his next content to be, you know, yeah. and then he can go be a, a, a husband. Right. He, you know, whereas now he ends stream gets up from his computer and goes and lives yeah you know and so the the biggest asset of having an editor outside of just professional hands and eyes on your content is just that's literally the 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 motto that we run by uh with movement digital is uh be a creator let us handle the rest yeah you know and so there's a lot of the rest (laughs) oh yeah and even since i started this i just it's just to be, you always need to be engaged on all the social media platforms, which is a whole nother time suck, you know, responding to tweets, posting responses, and it's just across the board. Yeah, it's the blessing and the curse. We talked about it when we talked about Fortnite, yeah. that today's world is so online and and social media is so uh, like a part of life. It's not just like, I mean, I remember like, myspace and instant messenger you had like that time after dinner where you hopped on for a little bit and checked your stuff right. and then got off yeah. now it's just like you wake up you, you clear your notifications and do your responses and then yeah. you're notified throughout the day you're scrolling and checking relevancy of different things that you enjoy yeah. posting things that make you relevant it's just from start to finish you are you irl yeah and you are you online and you have to take care of both equally yeah and even more so when you're a creator. So it's yeah. like you have to live two lives almost, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So now, um, you know, you also stream. When did you start streaming? That was another monster idea. Okay. Um, I, I had used to want to stream because I've always been a Twitch guy. I've always yeah. watched the live streams, even like as, as long as Twitch has been on Twitch, I've always watched them. And I used to want to be a streamer. And, uh, just never had the capabilities or anything like that. Well, once editing took off, I was like, oh, I'm going to be this instead. And I remember talking to Monster about it one time randomly. He's like, well, why don't you do both? He's like, you could even stream your editing. He's like, that's double dipping business wise. You know, people are going to be cheering for you and stuff and subscribing to watch you do stuff that you're already getting paid for. Yeah. And he's like, not only that, if you want to be it, go for it, do it. You game too. And you're good at games. Like, and you're all, you're, you, you've got, you know, the presence for it. And I was like, I don't know. So I started it up. And the amount of support from my clientele and friends yeah. that I've made in the space, I got affiliate like that. And, and, and it's like every day I was getting rated by some major creator. Yeah. I was like, 
this is sick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I had like an unfair advantage to most people's path on Twitch. Right. But I was like, this is great. It, I literally feel So when I was done work, I'd start streaming and then I made streaming my work and it became a pivotal part of, I've got to get my private work done by this time so I can go yeah. live and do my non-private work at this time. And uh, it became like hanging out with the homies. And yeah. so, and now I, I rarely stream creative stuff because most of my work is private now because yeah. I'm working with larger people. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's cool is most of my streams, I'm gaming with larger people. And right. And they're people that I call friends. And yep. I think a big part of it was they, they knew that I was genuine and I was never after anything they had or their cloud yeah. or anything like that. I just genuinely enjoy seeing people do well and, and, and progress. Yeah. And so it's not easy to find, you know, creatives and editors and things like that that aren't hoping for a shout out or hoping right. for I've never once asked for any of that. And uh, it, it became rel- – it became uh, – like visible when i started streaming and they all were rallying behind my stream no questions asked yeah and then like even recently when we had a family uh, medical situation with one of my sons the amount of like i didn't realize that people knew me as much as they did and the and, and just the amount of support that came in not even just financially and that came from streaming and social presence and like i got more i got more online friends than i do IRL friends yeah. you know yeah. And I'd rather hang out with them anyway. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Stay at home and, you know, in your comfort of your own, own home. Yeah. Monster's brain never stops, does it? No. Man, no. Man, that's crazy. He's, uh, he's, he's got smoke coming out of his ears at all the time, but <laughs> I, I'm glad you don't know me that well because I think that's why we did so well because mine yeah. doesn't either. <laughs> and hence why I started out stealing thumbnails and, and grew yeah. to running a successful business along his side, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of why he, he was full send. Like I'm going to make this guy make it because yeah. he knew we had the same mindset that, yeah. that, um, I, that growth mindset, I guess you would say, I don't know. I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts yeah. and, uh, I read a lot of books and there's one called extreme ownership. Um, Oh yes. Yeah. Love Joko, it. Is... Yeah. Yeah. Jocko. I love it. And it just talks about like always looking for ways to move forward and progress. Mm-hmm. He references uh, where he had a successful mission on, you know, taking out the target. Yeah. But it didn't go how it was planned on paper. So while people were celebrating him, he was furious yeah. because he's so focused on, you know, making plans, executing plans and using them to progress forward. And yeah. so I'm always in self-reflection. Even if I got nothing going on, mm-hmm. I'm checking what I did last week yeah. because I want to see where we can improve next time something like that comes in. And me and Monster in calls like every other day or texting each other, like, what do you think of this? And always trying to figure out ways to grow. And that's kind of also why movement became a one-stop shop because we mm-hmm. were just editing. And then we were like, man, but if we, we dipped into this and this yeah. and this, and now we literally have like a crew of 30 people that can do every single piece. And so... Yeah. We're never full. We're never like we we are literally even now looking at other things that we have not offered yet. And we're like, yeah. I think I think I think we can pull that off. You know, it's yeah. like, we're, we're two of the same mind. Oh, but I think that's why we became such good friends. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. The uh, the other uh, Joko is a good one. The Extreme Ownership is a really great book. The other one I like is Marcus Luttrell's uh, Team mm-hmm. Never Quits. That is, you know, some fantastic guests are on that on that pod. 
we're cut from the same cloth. <laughs> I can talk about these guys all day. Yeah. Yeah. So I popped on your stream there the other day and it just, it's, you, it just seems like a chill laid back. Everybody's just having a good time. And I, I think you're playing with the Bonsai brothers or Bonsai boys or something. The bonsai bros. Dear the twins. God, those guys are freaking hype. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh man. You should try editing their videos and having to subtitle when they're speaking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, they've become some really close friends too. I worked uh I was now, friends with them that? already. Yeah. I, I met them through I think Sancho West. Because Sancho uh creates content with them frequently and is good friends with them. Yeah. And um they are super transparent and so like instantly just love your work you're great this is awesome you know and i became a mutual really quick they don't think of themselves above anybody and uh they started just like shouting out some of my work and stuff and so just i still do it to this day i just did it last night uh for a creator named Alexa. i'm in chat i see a funny moment i'm not doing anything i clip it i edit it and i send it to them and i'm just like like here do with this what you want but i thought it was too funny not to get edited you know yeah. And I did that like two or three times in their chat and they were like, okay, like this is happening. And so I became their guy for about six or seven months. I was their guy. And to this day, we're super close friends. Sean even made the joke. He's like, if I ever find a woman and I get married, you'll be in my wedding. <laughs> if I ever get to that point, you know, <laughs> but we've grown from just being friends of friends to, yeah. to that through video games and through the creative space so it's it's incredible excellent so now one of the things i saw on your twitter profile is that you do you cast what you know what do you what game fortnite games or anything i I cast anything i I consider myself a specialist for first person shooters but a lot of my work that comes through is fortnite because it comes through practice server um and monster um i've been on the docket for apex before uh, I would love to cast Valorant. I love Valorant. That's like yeah. my obsession right now because Call of Duty for me is kind of in a mm-hmm. a hiccup. Um, yeah. But no, I, I enjoy it. I, I consider myself like an analytical type mm-hmm. that has uh, the ability to put out that energy that's needed. But um, yeah, I, I, I cast whatever. Okay. Probably, probably, probably wouldn't cast Minecraft. I just don't know yeah. enough. If I know enough about the game, I'll cast it. All right. Well, this brings us over to movement, which I've been wanting to talk about. So first of all, what is movement? Movement is an online studio for all things creation. Uh, I best it's still funny in my IRL life. People are like, what do you do? Like, what is it that you do? They see my computers like bat layer looking with all the screens and lights. They're like, how is that work? Like, what do you do there that makes it to where you can just have the life you have? And uh, we, we are literally a team of like i don't want to use the word org but think about how orgs are where they have uh, a competitive team for every single game Mm -hmm. we have a team of creatives for every single thing that you could need so we have you know all these thumbnail designers all these 3d animators all these 2d animators all these website designers all these musicians um wow all these you know video video editors all these uh emo artists like Anything that you could possibly need, we've got teams of it, and people like contact us a hundred percent. And because yeah. our goal is, my thought process was, um, so many of my friends were going to Fiverr, and Fiverr is so hard to find like somebody that's reliable, yeah. it's affordable, but you're not getting like below what you paid for because it, they just pump out stuff or right. from a different country where they're not worried about relationship or they're just here to do your yeah. thing, send it, and never hear from you again. And I was like, but it's so hard because 
they have to go through that scary process to get the video. Then they have to go through that scary process again to get the uh, the thumbnail. Then they have to go through that scary process again when they need their emotes or their overlays. Or yeah. I was like, wouldn't it be great if there's just one place that you trusted uh, that already had people that you knew were going to do it right? And instead of having to talk to six different people, you just talk to one person and they manage it for you. Yeah. And so you look at like people like Ninja and things like that. They have that. And people are like, oh, well, yeah, they can afford that. They have a manager right. that talks to his creative team mm-hmm. and keeps his content going. Well, when you come to Movement Digital, we, we offer those packages where it's like, hey, what are you looking for? I want my YouTube more consistent. I'd like to post twice a week. Sick. Do you have a thumbnail designer? Uh, no, I do not. Awesome. Um, and do you need anything for your live stream? No, I'm good. Okay, sick. I go and I find a thumbnail designer that's of their style and I find an editor that's of their style. And they now have their own creative team. And then I put a project manager on it and they don't have to build relationships with the editor or thumbnail artists because at some points they may change. Like the editor might be sick and we let another editor come in so we don't miss a beat. Their relationship is with their project manager. So no matter what any needs they have, they talk to one person that's their new Fiverr. They send a DM to their project manager and it's almost like you're paying us to to go through Fiverr for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. We already have the trusted people for you. So literally the one-stop shop to make your job easy so that like we said earlier you can just stream and have fun yeah yeah it's actually my one of my questions i was going to ask is what is the perfect client but any client really that's in this creative space is a perfect client from small to you know the full the full you know the full everything yeah i tell people that all the time too i think it gets intimidating Mm -hmm. when you say like our plan is to have a team behind you and then people are like out of budget yeah i'm not there yet whatever, whatever. But we have people of all levels and we have people looking for all different things. So we have some people where this is their full-time job, their rates are set. We have some people that are just doing it because they enjoy doing it and they're making dumb money elsewhere. So this is, they just want to help out. And so I'm like, budget aside, we can, we can make that work with whoever we put on your team. And then uh, size wise, we've worked with people that are in some of the like top three orgs in the entire gaming space. And then we've worked with people who stream for two people and are working to get to affiliate. Yeah. It just is a matter of where you are, what you need. As long as you have the vision to grow and the heart for content, then we have what you need to, 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 to get there. And we don't care how big or small the goal is because whatever your goal is, is big to you yeah. where you are. So we try to look at your goal through your eyes and then chase it just as hard as you are with the skills that we have that you don't. Very cool. I did not. Uh, yeah. I just, when I looked at your website, it, like you said, it's intimidating. It's like, wow. Okay. Only the big boys are coming into, you know, getting taken care of, but then you, you have packages that are fit for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And we even try to make sure on our website, like when we, we have like a little scroll thing that shows different creators we've worked with. Yeah. Obviously we have some people on there that we, you got to flex a little bit. We've got yeah. some creators who have millions on different platforms. But I made sure, you know, right next to him is somebody that just hit affiliate last week. Yeah. You know why? Because we're all equal in this space. We're just trying to grow and entertain. So what do numbers and analytics say about your your worth and your value as a human being? Right. That's good. Now, with that being said, uh, what has been the highlight for, for movement? Like looking back and how long the company's been, what was like, wow, I can't believe we got this one or what, you know, we hit it out of the park for this. Oh, uh, so our, our recent success, um, last, so G fuel started doing the G fuel madness where they just put 
they grab 200 creators and they put them through the grinder for like three weeks where they give them new challenges every three days like a a video about this a tiktok about this 10 gifts that demonstrate this uh create your own flavor your own shaker well we did larry's campaign last year and he won and then we got pulled in to do nomi's campaign this year and uh no offense to larry this year was a little bit harder because with larry's it was like three rounds it was like from 200 to 50 to top three to win yeah and for this year it was like 100 to 50 to 30 to 10 to 5 to 4 to 2 to and we got to the finals again and we got to do some really cool uh projects i enjoy the projects where i have to put together a big team so like on those those g fuel ones we have to have an animator an illustrator uh, a 2d designer um a 3d modeler uh because we have to like make the shaker we have to have a, an illustrator make the label, then a 2D animator, like wrap the, the tub, and then 3D guy rolls it, and then it goes to a video editor to place it inside of the video. I love those big projects. And through those projects, we've gotten some really cool, like corporate clientele that we've enjoyed working with. Um, we got to work with Boom TV on when Halo first came back and they were the first Halo tournament. We handled like the, the media scenes for that tournament. And so I enjoy the clientele by all means, but the big W's are when we're trusted with these large corporations come in and they're like, we've seen what you've done. We want you to, you know, yeah. do that with us as well. So That's awesome. That explains why Batty was doing all this G Fuel stuff. I was like, why is he in a bathtub pouring? Uh, like, right, he was now, doing the like, madness. Yeah. yeah. Ah, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Ah. So now what is on the roadmap for movements this year? What are, you know, some things you want to transform or that you can, you know, that you want to share? Oh, so we, uh, I mean, obviously just growth. We definitely want to increase. We have a really good um, system put in place for getting work uh, and getting clientele and establishing relationships. Um, I really appreciate like in our company, I always say it's kind of two-sided. There's the side outside looking in where we're a place where you come to get deliverables. But then I also consider us like an agency where we pull in and recruit these creatives and we find them work, you know? And so I really, uh, I'd like to see, um, I think our team's big enough. I think we offer enough things. I'd like to see, uh, more of my internal employees reaching the, and that might sound selfish, but reaching their dream and being stay at home and climbing. And so I, I usually, when you ask somebody what's new for the company, what do you like to do? Most of them say like big stuff come in and all these things. Whereas for me, it's like internally, I just want to see more people get the shot that I got. That's part of the reason I started the company. Part of it was I was editing for 12 people yeah. and, and <laughs> losing sleep and couldn't do it anymore. So I had to seek help. But the other part of it was like, I want other people to, I want to be monster to other, some other people. Yeah. And so this year uh, I would love to see a bunch more of, of my uh, creative team where all they do is movement. Yeah, you know, oh, okay. and so I know it's an internal thing, but that's that's, cool. that's that's what I hope to see because we're already killing it. I don't see what we can add or grow, man. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, we've, we've got some cool things in the mix that I can't talk about, but yeah. we, we definitely are excited for uh, for this year, this year specifically, even uh, with our like finance people, our projections are are insane things I never thought I'd ever see. So I'm I'm really happy with how things are going and I'll never be satisfied, but I'm also not selfish. That's good. Awesome, man. Cool. All right. So let's move over to some content creators. 
who who do you like to watch? Who's under the radar that you you think you know you should, people should you know go check them out? Oh man, that's tough because I'm in so many different moods. Yeah, it, it just depends. So like Valorant, I love watching. You know, any game that any game that I say, obviously the big creators, right? Yeah. So if I say Valorant, I'm I'm gonna say I like watching uh, Hiko. I like watching Nade Shot. I like watching Tariq. Um, but I also enjoy watching smaller creators and my and my friends. Like Doxology is a lot of fun playing Valorant. Why hello, Stacy, cute noob, uh, and they're, and they're killing it in creation. Like I've seen their TikToks go from a thousand to like fifty k in wow. three months because they're full sending. Um, so it depends on the game. I obviously my heart went to Valorant immediately. Yeah. Um, but if I had if I was gonna just sit down and watch streams, mm-hmm. you cannot beat the content in the creators the creator squads on Fortnite with. Squatting Dog, Sancho West, Headshot Chick, the Bonsai Bros, like that little crew. Yeah. If I'm going to watch Call of Duty, you can't beat Larry Fishburger. That is a vibe. Tarkov, the homies. Yeah. Patty, Markstrom, <laughs> Deadly, Cotton, Peeves. Yeah. Well, Pep now, sorry. Yeah. That whole crew, man. So I, I, I don't know. I have, I have too many. Don't ask yep. me that again. All right. Nope. <laughs> So now, what advice would you have for somebody who's jumping into they're they're going to be an editor and trying to come into the space? You know, you said shortcuts is a big thing for people to learn. I think I, what I what I pride myself on, and it made the process longer, but it made it to where it was a fast slope, whereas most editors kind of grow and grow and grow and grow, whereas me, I hit like a fast swoop. Is um, one, I spent a lot of time making sure that my craft was good by studying others. A lot yeah. of people just like Google how to do certain things and then right. do it and then start pumping out videos for people. They lose the client and then they find somebody else at their level. So always be increasing, be humble enough to know that other editors are better and learn from them mm-hmm. and adapt. Cause I've been editing so long that things that were awesome that I've mastered are irrelevant. And now I have a skill set that I don't even need anymore. Yeah. Right. So the adaptability. But as a as a brand, you've got to have the humility. Um, you can go all the way through my entire socials all the way back, and I never like posted um, like "Oh, dope! I get to be the editor for so and so now," and blah blah yeah. blah, because that's we know what that's for. Yeah, I've never been like check out this awesome edit I did. I've did, I never boasted on myself. You know what yeah. I mean? I, and. Uh, it's a uh, it's a scripture thing. I know not everybody's you know a, a Christian and whatnot, but there's you know scripture that says like like let the praises of what you do come from the mouths of others. Yeah, and I think that translates across any religion, and that's something I've always kind of lived by is let the praises of, yeah. of of what you do come from the mouths of others. And so I tried to make it to where my social presence, which is so important in today's day and age, was not self centered and not yeah. about myself. Um, if I shared opportunities with people, like I got to play with so-and-so mm-hmm. and there was content to be made and it was shareable, then I would. But um, my favorite thing to share was uh, like when I was working with just Foxy and she would, uh, she, somebody brought me up in chat and she was like, oh, Brave's one of the hardest working people I know. And his heart is so kind. Da, 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 da. That I'm sharing. Yeah. You know, but if somebody's like, oh, Brave is absolutely go to the editing. Nobody can edit. Like, it's just r- ridiculous. Da, 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 da. I'm not going to be like, see, told you. Right. Like, no. So really figure out the brand you want to have and also be super selective in your clientele. It's easy to just say yes, 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 because you want the money. Yeah. Um, I have always been super selective in who I've worked with. 
it had to be people with the same mindset, um, same passion. And uh, it's proven to make it to where I can't name one client that I've had that I've never ended with a client on bad terms. There was always reasons behind and not one of them could I not message right now and have an awesome conversation with. And it's because, and that's not the case with everybody, but it's because one, I always did my job, but two, um, I selected people that I knew I could have a good non-toxic relationship that didn't seem like strictly business. And I think that helps with the creator too, you know? It, it, it'll it, it'll make the, the the vibe way better it'll pr- improve longevity and um yeah so yeah humility always be growing in your craft and um be selective and patient because yeah. when you get to the point where you are like where i am you don't want to be here at the expense of a lot of bridges burned right or like oh i've edited for seventy thousand different people i mean i've edited for a lot but I can name them all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of where, where you want to be. That's great advice, man. So Thanks. now you're walking away from your computer. If you even have, you know, shut it down. What are you doing? You know, with the kids, oh. the wife, what's. What Definitely the kids. Literally the kids. I've always been a, a go, go, go. When I first started, it was wake up, wrestling practice, wrestling practice, teach, wrestling practice, home, play with kids. They go to bed, computer. Yeah. Now that I don't have those other obligations. Um, and it took me a while and it was my wife that made me do it. She made me set hours that I work. Right. Yeah. So now when that time comes, I am dedicated to the kids. We are going outside. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So we, we just got scooters for the boys yesterday and took yep. them to the, the park. And, uh, I love it. There's nothing else I'd rather do. Cause I feel like a, a fat slob <laughs> with how much I sit on my computer. Yeah. And, uh, so a- anything outside, um, if I can find a sitter or a nanny, I'm taking the wife somewhere to eat and, and see a show. Yeah. Um, and uh, definitely a binge Netflixer when I can, which costs me a lot of sleep because the only time <laughs> I get to watch Netflix is after the kids are asleep. And I, I start a show and I look and it's four yeah. in the morning. I'm like, crap, I got to get up in three hours. <laughs> so, so yeah, outside for sure. Going outside. Awesome. What show is you, what show, what's your recent show you just wrapped up or you binged? Uh, we went through Outlander. Yep. Uh, we love Outlander. And then anything related to like the Breaking Bad vibe is really yeah. good. We love all of those types. And, um, but yeah, Outlander has been consuming cause it was like four seasons. It's one of those where each season has like 20 episodes. They're all an hour long, but Outlander was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I saw on your social that you guys been down to Disney with the fam. Yeah. We're psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> we drove. Oh, wow. <laughs> All three of us packed in the Tahoe. Yeah. All five of us, but like the three kids. Yeah. Packed in the Tahoe, drove to Disney uh, in Florida for three days, four days, and uh, came back. And everybody thinks that we're psychotic because of what we do with our kids. Yeah. You know, oh. We just don't hold back. <laughs> yeah. No, you can't. That's awesome, man. Well, hey, I want to say thank you so much. This has been awesome. And actually, before I go, you got to shout out someone that we're going to get on the pod at, at some point. So who you who are you thinking about? I knew this was coming. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a lot of thought. And I was like, man, me and Monster have rabbit holed him towards the Fortnite stuff. And I even told you in the DMs, I was right, like, yeah. I'm not necessarily a Fortnite guy, but I, I am. Uh, and I was like, we got to get him back to Tarkov. So just recently met him. Uh, but Batty, you got to get Batty on here. His energy is absolutely insane. 
He yeah. just had a bunch of recent W's from a business side and a personal side. Yeah. Um, and he he's already a large presence, but he's just getting started. Um, super transparent, super passionate person, really kind heart. Um, he's a psycho. So be ready he for is. that. I but, yeah, I, I watch his streams and it's like I don't know where he gets that energy from, but yeah. All right, Ben. No clue. You've been called out, man. Great medicine. <laughs> calling you out man <laughs> love it all right man thank you so much appreciate you having me